Hey, we are Martin and Tristan, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Friday Chillout podcast. This week, we'll talk about Samsung's upcoming launch event, Intel's terrible quarter, as well as the person of the year 2022 and 2023. Let's get into it. Hey there, taping this Friday Chillout just before 1 p.m. on Friday. Martin, host of the Friday Checkout and Tech Tar is here. Hey, Martin. Hello, happy to be here. Yeah. Very excited for our first episode. Can't believe it. We're finally there. Uh, so let's get straight into it today. Uh, we have a couple of tech talking points to get into. Uh, a little bit of a quieter week for us. Uh, we sort of struggled with the, the checkout um, at one point, but we got there in the end uh, after all the CES and Apple leaks and launches. Um, but with Samsung's launch next week and MWC still coming in February, it's still going to be a busy time. Um, but Martin, so I actually want to get started with Samsung Unpacked next week because it's a bit of a fun time for us. Uh, We've spoken sort of this week about how you enter a bit of a lull of information because Samsung starts handing out embargoed information to publications and people, uh, and then not much gets published apart from people who aren't under embargo. So uh, as yep. an influencer yourself and as someone who sort of reviews phones but not really, unless it's a foldable, I suppose, uh, I guess everyone's started to get busy trying to film and write and do what they can before the curtain and the embargo drops. So how, how do you go in this kind of news cycle? Yeah, I don't usually sign NDAs because I don't typically go to the events and I don't typically get the pre-release hardware because it's just not really my thing. But now that we're doing the Friday checkout uh, and now that I have you on board, uh, I have a little bit more time to take on new devices, so I will in the future. Uh, and I don't know what the answer is, but it's, it is funny that because there's an NDA and you don't want to risk Samsung or some other company coming around and be like, hey, that tweet that you posted, technically... Could have been information that you've gotten from us. So now <laughs> you're, you're going to jail or whatever. So people are actually refraining from posting about stuff because they know more from official sources. That's that's kind of a funny dynamic. Yeah. So that used to be the problem at, at Android Authority and other places where I worked where uh, something leaks or something gets published, and but you have it under embargo. And so are you breaching embargo by talking about this thing that's now out in public because you've been put under an NDA. It's, it's quite a quite a battle to, to decide. Yeah, you should Te technically speaking, if you can prove that you got it from a source other than the official source, that it's fine. But like, do you want to go to court to prove that? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. And you typically don't get taken to court for breaching an embargo. What tends to happen is you don't get brought around for the next device that comes out. Exactly. Sort of left in the, left They're in just the cold. They're angry at you. Very angry and disappointed. Which is just as bad if you're in the business of, you know, uh, being the first to review review a phone. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, uh, so I just want to step back for a second. Are you giving us breaking news that you're going to be doing more reviews via the Friday Checker? Maybe more hands-on videos, not not really reviews, but, uh, you know, whenever new stuff comes out. We decided that um, it's going to be less on Tech Altar because we just do less device coverage there. Uh, but with the Friday checkout, we can do a lot of device coverage. Uh, it, it kind of fits. Like it's new. Here's a new thing. Here's one minute of video about it. The end. Yeah, and that's where shorts come in as well. Given that they're being turned on probably by YouTube uh, yeah. in February. Exactly. There's going to be monetization. So exciting. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay. So the other piece of news which came in overnight after the checkout, otherwise we might have covered it, uh, and that was Intel, it's which probably. Really probably would have been one of our main stories so yeah 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 and that's because it unveiled a really a decimated a book of earnings um 
but not great. I I guess I'll run you through some of the numbers, perhaps, yep. um, and uh, we can just sort of hold our heads in our hands a little bit or whatever. Uh, but so it was Intel's uh, fourth quarter of um, uh, so the end of twenty twenty two, and that revenue in just in that quarter dropped thirty two percent year on year. Uh, its gross margins fell from you know these nice safe numbers of fifty percent also down to thirty nine point two percent. Uh, which is appalling and probably the lowest, I think, in decades for Intel. Uh, it posted a big cash loss of hundreds of millions. But I mean, the wreckage, uh, Martin, I guess if you look into the verticals uh, or the groups, as uh, Intel calls it, so uh, weak PC demand and consumer education and the OEMs, so that was down 36% year on year. Uh, data center and AI was down 2.1 billion or 30% as well. Really, the only, the only thing that did okay was the network and edge group, which was flat. Um, and part of this we saw from Microsoft as well. So Microsoft had earnings uh, uh, this week as well, uh, and Microsoft said things like Windows revenue was down thirty nine percent, and even its cloud growth was going to fall. Um, so previously, you know, growing thirty forty percent every quarter, or you know, year on year, um, and even that was going to tail off a little bit, drop a few percentage points. So. I guess this is where you sort of ask the question. I guess there's a few questions for you, so feel free to answer whichever one you want. But is this demand to just bring brought forward through through the pandemic and now falling back to the median, uh, or, or is it just a giant wider downturn and, and it's not really related to any of the companies uh, specifically? Or did Intel or Microsoft or someone make bigger mistakes than anyone else? Yeah, I think I think for Microsoft, it's mostly just the market being difficult. Uh, we haven't seen competitive. Uh, numbers from competitors like AWS, whether their growth has slowed down as well, so we, we don't really know yet. But I think Microsoft in general is doing fine. They uh, can't completely be blamed for the PC industry in general not doing well, even though they have lost market share to Apple, so that's partially their fault as well. Uh, but their big business drivers are the cloud, and that seems to be doing mostly fine, except for small corrections. But yeah, for Intel... I mean, oh my God, it's just the worst of all the sides um, and the worst timing on everything. Uh, the, the Both of their core existing businesses, so PCs and data center, they're both having a tough time. In each of these two, they're losing to a competitor. Uh, well, multiple competitors to some degree. So AMD and um, especially Apple on the, the laptop side. Um, is challenging them significantly. They're actually finally starting to lose market share to Intel, uh, to Apple. Uh, this was artificially slowed in the pandemic where a lot of organizations bought like cheap laptops or whatever. So their Intel came out artificially well, but now uh, Apple is starting to eat back the market share that it it should with uh, just by virtue of having better products. So they're doing poorly in markets that are already doing poorly. And at the same time, they also have this massive... Uh, expense of trying to build up these new fabs um, and in order to save anything uh, because they're essentially uh, they're building up this new chip fab business is so expensive that yeah. uh, just to you know uh, give you a figure TSMC spends 40 billion dollars a year on capex just building up new fab stuff that's like the GDP of a small country you know <laughs> it's, it's just do this routinely every year so um uh, you know, for TSMC to compete with that when their existing businesses are collapsing is extremely difficult. So TSMC can do this because their core business is so profitable and has been for such a long time. 
that they can raise money, they can use the cash flow from their original business, et cetera, to, to pump this into new growth. Intel's old business is collapsing um, and they have to actually spend more because they have to catch up with TSMC. Um, and so uh, they've tried to do some tricks like, you know, uh, IPO Mobileye, one of their business units, and tried to uh, sell off some stuff. And of course, they're getting a bunch of government money, but everyone's getting government money. So uh, it's a very difficult place for Intel to be. Um, and yeah, I think uh, Pat Gelsinger is going to um, either be seen, I, I don't know, five or 10 years from now as the best CEO that Intel's ever had or the worst CEO, because he's just, he just made a bet very much like uh, Zuckerberg, I think, uh, where he saw this, this theoretical potential future for the company. Uh, for them, it's being essentially TSMC 2.0, uh, whereas for Zuckerberg, it's uh, the VR, AR stuff. Um, and we don't know if it's but even possible to get there. Uh, we don't know if the if, if either company will have enough cash to get there. Uh, we don't know if, if they get there, whether that's going to be a good business in the first place. Um, like, uh, if nothing else, if TSMC just uh, is very competitive with Intel when they arrived and they both have lower margins and it's still not a good business, so Intel would actually have to, like, overtake TSMC for this to be, like, a very worthy uh, uh, endeavor. Um, and in the meanwhile, there's also a chance that uh, because this new endeavor is so freaking expensive, they will not be able to invest into their existing business, uh, making good chips for desktop and for data center. So they actually got to lose both the future and the past. Uh, it's a really big <laughs> bet, which is either going to be the best thing that they've ever done, and then they just take TSMC's crown and then, you know, everybody's happy. Well, I guess, uh, uh, except for TSMC, that is. <laughs> um, or it's going to be the worst, um, worst thing that Intel's ever done. Yeah. I, these things usually turn out to be okay. You know, downswings happen, upswings happen, uh, through the upswings, the CEOs get a lot more money and, uh, through the downswings, maybe they don't. Um, but what I really didn't like to see from Intel was it not providing any revenue outlook for the whole year. So kind of just saying it's too hard. We're not sure. Which is a really bad sign, especially if you are a, uh, trying to invest over the short, medium to long term. Uh, I mean, long term, you can just say Intel's going to get through. It's going to get more subsidies than ever. Uh, it's going to be the Boeing um, of the space, as you as you've talked about before. But uh, no revenue outlook is bad news. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, Microsoft uh, when they uh, provide revenue outlook for Windows OEM sales, that's basically. Uh, um, a proxy for Intel PC shipments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's they go into the same uh, computers. I guess I mean there's some competition with AMD as well, but uh, it's more or less a, a proxy. And uh, they say that the PC market will continue to get, be terrible for the next few quarters as well, like forty percent worse than last year and stuff like that. So uh, it's a it's a massive uh, downturn. Um, I mean it's fine. Because they just had the record quarters last year, so it's it's not like these companies are, you know, suddenly uh, not selling any PCs. They sold all the PCs that they should be selling this year last year, so it's, it all kind of evens out. But yeah, yeah, not an easy place to be when you're supposed to shovel like tens of billions of dollars into a new business. Yeah, which is kind of why we've we've talked about on the on the checkout how Intel's going back to Germany and saying, actually, you know what, that fab's really expensive. And 
when we said we we're going to spend this money, we will. Oh, we definitely will, but we need a little bit more from you as well. So Yeah, how about you pay uh, not 10%, not 20%, but maybe 90% of this new fat that we want to build? <laughs> Why not <laughs> <that> 100? <laughs> we're doing you a favor, after all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, well, very grim stuff there from Intel. I, I think we'll see some... Uh, some uh, reports over the weekend that'll dig into some of the numbers a bit more and give us an outlook. Um, so I sort of look forward to seeing some of those. And we may still cover some of that in checkout as uh, as AMD and Apple and everyone releases results of earnings uh, next week. But um, for now, Martin, let's move on to the mailbag. But before we get into some questions, Martin, we are using Insta360 link webcams uh, for our first ever podcast and they look great. We look great somehow, you know. Um, yeah. I guess an I unlikely guess, outcome. I guess audio listeners won't be able to <laughs> see this, but oh. we got fancy webcams. Uh, I can do this. I can hold my palm in front of it, and then it starts following me. And now you can see my ladder in the background. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it's a Always wanted gr- to. Great value proposition. Yeah. And then I can turn it off. Yeah, it's real nice. Intro360 set up to us. Um, very happy. It's We wanted to have a, um, a setup that we can film with, with reasonably high quality, uh, even if we're on the go, because I can't guarantee that both Tristan and me are in the studio every Friday. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited. Nice one. All right. So that brings us to the mailbag. And that is where you probably might answer questions or thoughts from readers. Um, and we'll try and do this each week, uh, get a bunch of mailbag questions in. Uh, people can ask whatever they want. We'll we'll get to as many as them as we can or just grab a couple of the, uh, the better ones. Um, I saw you put out a tweet um, where a bunch of people have responded to you. So we'll get through a couple of those. Um, the first one that I did see was from Dominic. And he said, drum roll, um, how is Apple the only big company that was and is thriving in these economic conditions? Every other tech giant struggles and is restructuring everything. So I guess... Somebody was talking about these layoffs that we're seeing even that struck IBM and SAP uh, this week. Um, so how's Apple the only one that isn't sort of putting out, putting, uh, laying off thousands of people? Yeah. Uh, before I answer, I think I promised Insta360 that I put an affiliate link to the link down in the description. So if that's the case, I will. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, to, to, answer, uh, to answer the question, um, I think A, uh, Apple, so there's a couple of factors. Uh, one, we don't know if Apple is struggling yet because we haven't seen their quarterly numbers. Uh, and the fact that they haven't laid people off yet doesn't mean that they won't. But let's assume that they're not. I also assume that they're struggling less than the others. Um, I think, A, uh, their customer base, uh, in a lot of ways, is the least affected by uh, a lot of uh, economic hardships. Um, you just have the wealthiest people who, to whom buying an iPhone is not a particularly difficult financial decision most times of the year. Um Uh, or at least less so than for for other businesses. Um, They're not... uh, They're also, like, increasingly starting to rely on, like, subscription revenue and stuff, um, which is also less uh, volatile. Uh, And I think they have, uh, on a lot of their other... In a lot of their other product categories, they have uh, just very competitive new products, like the M-series computers. Uh, So even in in a market... That like the PC market, which is uh, having a tough time, um, they're winning. So um, I think that's the that's the long and short of it. Yeah, I mean, it's all tied to the iPhone. And we did see some pretty bad numbers uh, for iPhone shipments falling, but still Apple fell less than rivals. 
So, um, yeah. yeah. One other thing, though, do you think it's a prestige thing that Apple is the only one not to fire people? Do you think that uh, reflects they sort of? I don't know. It's like a it's a it's a PR thing more than anything. Um, uh, because shareholder activists are sort of saying to Google, "You need to cut more stuff. You need to need to do this." Whereas at Apple, no one's really saying those things because there's yeah, a sort of are, faith in Apple. They are a little snowflake, you know. Like people do treat them a little differently. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, maybe I don't know. Like Google is Google. Uh, I can see this as a YouTuber very easily. I can see that ad rates are down. So like Google's core right. business is affected very directly uh-huh. and it reacts very quickly to uh, uh the general economy not doing well um yeah like it's the, one of the first things that every company does is pull marketing spend um so i think some businesses are just more uh affected um and some businesses are less effective gotcha okay um here we go on question here from andy han in the I don't think I did a very good job pronouncing that. It's not, <laughs> pronouncing names is not my forte. But uh, who's your pick for the person of 2022 in tech? And who's it going to be in 2023? So, um, yeah, uh, your options. You have, now you have to think backwards, which is very difficult. So mm-hmm. um, who would you pick as the, the tech person of 2022? Uh, I mean, so the obvious pick that I hate to... <laughs> choose but it's the first that I know comes to my mind be. is going to be Elon Musk I mean my <laughs> god if I, <laughs> uh, uh, so I have two less obvious picks okay. maybe three maybe three okay okay, okay so okay let's do four <laughs> yeah. I'll ring a bell when you've gone on too long <laughs> yeah okay so, uh, one pretty self-explanatory, Sam Altman, the guy behind, I don't know if he's the CEO or the founder or whatever of uh, OpenAI, the people who did uh, ChatGPT and a bunch of other, I think Dolly is theirs and a few others. Um, obviously, like this is the hot new thing. Everyone's investing in it. Everyone's excited in it. There's a potential. I don't know how far it will go, but, you know, big deal. Um, <laughs> the other is, I think, Satya Nadella, because he... Um, a lot of people have argued that he's he has set up his company very well for this new AI wave. Um, I think uh, uh, Ben Thompson from Stratechery wrote a really good uh, piece on uh, how he thinks that from the five big companies, uh, Microsoft oh, yeah. has set up the best. Uh, they that. have the, the cloud. Uh, um, they can integrate. They have a ton of products that they can integrate this into and also directly monetize AI features. They have an investment into open AI. Um, so it's just they're just generally well set up for for this new wave, um, and uh, others. Okay, and they're the two that I've already talked about: Pat Gelsinger and Mark Zuckerberg, who both made really big bets, which are either going to be great or terrible. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Ballsy. Uh, my somewhat prediction is that Pat might not be stable enough in his position that if intel keeps losing money like this he will survive uh like so so think something has to change right. within the next year or two because i don't think uh shareholders will sit by and not sue him out of his chair as a ceo um zuckerberg can't be removed so he'll just keep working at it fair so is that leading to? Is that telling me who your twenty twenty three predictions are? Zuckerberg, just because no one can re- remove him, then uh, there's a chance that Meta will will get the the metaverse happening this year, or 
someone else. No, I think I think these are these are both past and future people of the year okay, to me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think fair. these are all like processes that are still ongoing. They started, but they're they're going to be the next big thing in the next in the next year as well. Gotcha. Um, all right, let's do one more mailbag. Um, uh, so someone asks here: Once Qualcomm launches their uh, Suraj, sorry, asks once Qualcomm launches their ARM processors for laptops, how long do you think game developers will take to port games to their ARM-based systems? Uh, this is kind of just a gamey question. Uh, when, a, yeah. when a game's going to go from x86 to, to know, other instruction bases, including R. That is very, that is a very interesting question. Um, so the magic about Apple Silicon was that their emulation layer was so good that you almost didn't have to port stuff to hey. uh, be native on, on Apple Silicon. Of course, people still did because A, it's Apple. And B, it's very easy to target because there's only like one or two SKUs. Um, but so uh, I guess the question is how successful the Qualcomm chip will be. If it is like Apple, which is that, uh, you know, it's you know, five times more power efficient. I'm just throwing a random number so, in, so, in, yeah, in yeah. the mix. But like, you know, it's like definitely better. And it has like a 30% market share in a year from its launch. Then I think, You'll see quite a lot of games being ported pretty fast. Um, but I don't expect the Qualcomm stuff to be a gaming CPU. Uh, I think it's primarily going to be a thin and light, but powerful. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be the target for AAA games. Um, and if it isn't, then it's not going to be established as a gaming CPU. And if it isn't, then I'm not sure if that's going to be the primary target for game makers anyway. So I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't bet on it being like the biggest uh, priority ever. Right. I think if you hope hope for emulation is what I'd say. Yeah. If you buy one of these laptops, you can't be sitting around being like, "Come on, bring me these games." I think you'd be, especially if uh, if Xbox and and PlayStation continue to stick with their. Um, I mean, they're not going to change what the PlayStation Five runs, but uh, just in terms of games being made for certain platforms in certain. Uh, uh, instruction bases. Yeah, so that to Xbox ARM and is PlayStation good. is x86, right? They both run AMD yep. CPUs. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's you're probably right. That's also a factor. I mean, like, uh, what is it? The Nvidia Switch, not the Nvidia Switch. Nintendo Switch is uh, ARM based, if I know, if I if I'm right. Um, ah, I don't know that off the top. I think it's I think it's an Nvidia. SLC, like some weird Tegra something, or it's a Qualcomm. Right. I don't know, something like that. Something like that. It's a mobile. Yeah, it's yeah. a mobile chip. Yeah, I gotcha. So it's not um, impossible. It's like you know, the thing is, uh, if I understand this industry correctly, uh, you typically run your game uh, with it, you build your game with an engine, and if that engine is supported on uh, a platform, which it probably will be, like Unreal Engine or Unity. Fair. or whatever, then I guess it's relatively easy to port it to a new platform, but like relatively easy is still not easy, so... Uh, yeah, uh, depending on how complicated your game is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And how much money you make, like Fortnite, for example. Yeah, Fortnite probably, you know, it's already on everything, so might as well yeah, put sure. it on a new Qualcomm PC as well. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's leave the mailbag there, and as we're running out of time, we get to our trivia fact called up, and... Um, we, we're playing a game here, and this is where I just throw a number at Martin uh, from nowhere. 
Uh, and then we see where the, the conversation goes. So I try and I try and you know, keep it a little bit spicy each week. Um, so Martin, this week the number, which means nothing to you, is eighty percent or about eighty percent, and that is the fall in new podcasts launched from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. And and here we are in with a new podcast <laughs> in twenty twenty three. Does so, it mean we <laughs> arrived at the best or at the worst time? <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I think I think the big problem for for a lot of podcasters is just podcast discovery. You know, like you're yeah. you're fortunate that you have a platform and there is you know a, a base of people who expect your content. But if you even if you have a really really intelligent, interesting, great podcast that sounds it sounds awesome, and you put it up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, how do you build an audience? How does anyone even find it? How does it even exist? So. Uh, yeah. it is it is still a problem I think for for, for podcasters um, uh, even into 2023 but uh, I, it's certainly I think so yeah, I mean different. It's, it's wild like as a YouTuber I'm and, and as people who you know most people discover stuff on TikTok and Instagram whatever like you're used to the like some kind of platform giving you discovery you make content that the platform decides is interesting and it, it finds the audience for you and with podcasts, you almost just have to find your audience on your own, or you have to come with an existing audience, or yep. you have to upload to a platform like YouTube to find an audience there and then convert people to to audio podcast listeners. Like n- nobody accidentally finds, uh, other than through recommendations from friends, nobody accidentally finds a podcast, basically. And I have to say, I've just set up uh, the, the whole publishing process for... Uh, this podcast for the Friday Chill Out. Yes, yes. And oh my God, I have had to create <laughs> seven different accounts, cross-link RSS feeds, uh, copy-paste, uh, you know, metadata back and forth. I spent like a day setting things up and I'm still not sure if it will work. <laughs> and I definitely, just, yeah. I'm definitely not convinced that I'll get any analytics to to talk of or, or um, of course, we're, we're not monetizing the podcast Um unless you're listening to Nebula, then through your Nebula subscription, but there's no direct monetization of the podcast. I don't even know how to start with that. Like compa- compared to uploading something to YouTube, this is like significantly more complicated. So I can, I can see why this this industry still needs quite a lot of work. Yeah, I got you. Well, uh, this is a startup idea for you <laughs> or anyone else. <laughs> Make this uh, ecosystem work a bit better. Um, all right, Martin, that's the brings us to the end of the podcast but before we go uh, I'm off to the countryside this weekend so I'm looking forward to some fireplaces and sort of cold but cozy times cups of tea wood burning that kind of thing uh, what's happening in your world that actually sounds lovely uh, I Come. I have <laughs> bring yourself bring Fifi <laughs> okay <laughs> I have no such plans uh, we're going over to have some I think pasta with our Italian neighbors. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, and I'm, I don't know, going to be probably at the gym. I'm, I have to finish this video about TSMC. Um, uh-huh. Spoiler alert. Uh, so I'm going to be storyboarding that. Uh, but other than that, no no big plans. Uh, you you got to tell me, though, before we wrap up. I told you who my person of 2022 and 2023 are. Uh, turning the spotlight Ooh. back on you. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like the Zuckerberg pick because um, he copped so much for the struggles with the metaverse fairly, absolutely fairly. When you see some of the presentations and 
the infamous tweet about how they came to Spain and France and then had those terrible avatars <laughs> images of um, of the Sagrada Familia and the Eiffel Tower. Uh, but at least Zuck didn't get involved in any of this horrible political wrangling. He's not become a Republican. He's, he's not become, you know, sort of toxic in, in his uh, Twitter replies. And uh, he just seems to be saying the course. Apparently he has a... He doesn't just have yes-men surrounding him, um, which ah. is an important feature. Uh, yeah. So I'm not saying he... I, I think I'm getting getting out of answering it, but I have been impressed by Zuck's um, ability to sort of hold the, hold the course. It, you know, the metaverse may or may not work, but at least he's saying, this, I'm all in, I'm giving it everything, and uh, yeah. he needs everyone in, in Facebook's uh, meta to, to, to do the same for him. Um, predicting 2023, now that is an interesting one. Um, yeah, where do you go? Do you follow the 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 shoots of, of um, ChatGPT and say Google's going to strike back and therefore someone at Google will be, you know, apparently um, the Google founders, Sergi and um, uh, Sergi Brin and... I know, the other. <laughs> yeah, they're going to me right now as well. Are they, if they're coming back, you know, and to, to guide Google through this very difficult stage of needing to supplant their own very profitable search business with um, with AI that does talk to you and, and gives you answers without needing to go to a website, without needing to see ads, um, if they can navigate that. Um, yeah, or else, I, I don't know, I'm sort of hoping it's someone that, that I, I couldn't predict and that I would look back at this point and say, no, no, you would have no chance of predicting it's that. Probably because it's probably going to be that anywhere. New. It's probably going yeah, to be that sure. anywhere. Like you, you, just, you can only extrapolate current events into the future, but you can't really predict future events. Yeah, if you could, it'd be very vain. We we'd not be making podcasts right now, or maybe maybe we'd be making different podcasts. <laughs> right, right. Very relaxed surroundings. That issue. Yeah. Uh, great. All right. Good stuff. Thanks, Mart. That's a wrap. Thank you for your thoughts. Uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. Uh, of course, you can check out Martin at TechAltar and the Friday checkout on YouTube and on Twitter at TechAltar, and me at Tristan Rayner. So thanks for joining. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you next Friday. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the first episode. Let us know what you thought about it. Bye. Well, no, I don't, I don't want to hear it if it's bad. Or if Bye, it's everybody. bad, just yeah, just keep it first. <laughs> no, we'd like to hear what you think. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Just a reminder, this podcast goes live every Friday for Nebula subscribers, both as a video and an audio version. And for everyone else, there's an audio version a few days later. Bye.